Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts, for in that day I will make them my treasured possessions. This is the very word of our God as it is found in Malachi chapter 3. You may be seated. Well, if you follow Facebook or Twitter or watch the media, you know that the last several months, a lot of hateful things have been said on both sides of the aisle concerning the election for president. People on the media, people especially on Facebook or Twitter, have said all kinds of hateful things about one another. They stand up for their candidate while sometimes they bash the other guy. And even though the election is over with, uh, the rhetoric continues, and it probably will continue for many months to come. You know, as a Christian, we sometimes find ourselves in a position to stand up for God, to speak up for Him. Because more and more, we hear strong words spoken against God. Words of defiance and words of hate. People seek to throw God under the bus. They seek to distance themselves, not only from God, but also from His church and everything to do with God. Christians are often declared in our culture to be fools, uneducated, uh, because they believe in the Word of God. Not only that, but Christians are accused of being narrow-minded and hateful because they stand on God's Word. Well, of course, this is nothing new. It's been going on since the beginning of time. In the book of Malachi that we read from today, the last book of the Old Testament, if you want to follow along with me, and we're in Malachi chapter 3, Malachi, the prophet, calls to account the children of Israel. Because they're bad-mouthing God. In fact, God Himself says, you have spoken harsh words against me. That's really pretty remarkable when you think about it, because the context behind this particular section of Scripture finds the children of Israel have recently been returned by God to the promised land. They're in the process of rebuilding their land that had been decimated by their enemies. It should have been a time of thanksgiving, a time when they were thankful and gratitude to be great, grateful to be back home again. You know, after 70 years in captivity, you would have thought that they would have learned something, but apparently not. Again, Malachi told the people that their own sinful desires continued, that they sought to continue in the sinful ways of their forefathers. And not only that, but they were hindering the fulfillment of God's promises. As God promised to send a Messiah, a Savior, into the world. So listen to some of the words here in Malachi chapter 3, verse 14. They said, it's pointless to serve God. What do we gain? What do we get out of this? Verse 15 says, As evildoers, you think that you can put God to the test, and you think that you can get away with it. Now that's the children of Israel back then. But what about us today? Haven't we at times been tempted to say, or at least think, it's useless 
to serve God? What's in it for me? Where's my cut? Again, the age-old question, the age-old struggle. The wicked seem to prosper, while the righteous seem to suffer. Life seems no better on the surface for the faithful. You know, like the children of Israel of old, our culture speaks against God. It even blames Him for the mess that we often find ourselves in. And yet, in the spirit of God's goodness, now and then, uh, God continues uh, to love His people, even though we find ourselves in a time of spiritual darkness, doubt, and even depression. So here we find the Lord, through the prophet Malachi, calling us to take a look at ourselves. It's always a good thing to take a look at ourselves. Not only ourselves, the law forces us to look at ourselves, to see our sins, to see how much we need a Savior. But it's also a good thing for us to look at our God and to trust Him, to fear Him, to respect Him, to stand in awe of Him, and to come before Him in daily repentance. The prophet Malachi reminds the children of Israel that God was with them despite their self-centered and selfish idea that they were in control of their lives. God would be gracious to them. They didn't deserve it. God would forgive them time and time again. And as such, God expected them from the heart to follow Him as their shepherd and as the leader of their life. But sadly, they were not acting in the power nor in the strength of God. They were the ones who were bringing chaos down upon themselves because of their sinfulness. Same thing can be said about our day, can it? The rat race of daily life, the pressures of everyday living, family tensions, anxieties, fears about the future, that things are literally coming apart at the seams, can sometimes cause us to turn around and throw God under the bus. We are tempted to believe at times that God doesn't care about us. We are tempted to say He doesn't. He's far away from us, that we are a victim of circumstances. And so it is that we speak harsh words and think harsh words against God. Thinking that somehow that we can cajole Him into literally doing what we want. Put Him, in a, put him to the test. Bend Him to our will, whether that's good or bad. But you know, like in politics, it's important to fact-check things. In this case, it is important for us always to fact-check God. We have to ask ourselves the question, what has God done in the past? And what is He doing now? And what does He promise to do in the future? The fact of the matter is that God always keeps His promises. Always does. And in Jesus, He even goes beyond that, and He makes us, as Pastor Don said this morning, His treasured possession. Have you ever thought of yourself as a treasured possession? Probably more days than not, you probably don't think that way, but that's what you are in Christ Jesus. The prophet Malachi 
reports that those who feared the Lord spoke with one another, and guess what? The Lord heard them. Just like the Lord always hears. And God not only heard them, but God remembered. To the point that God wrote down their names in this special book called a book of remembrance. God not only wrote their names in this book of remembrance, but God also engraved their names on the palms of His hands. Again, this book of remembrance. What an awesome thing. It's only uh, fitting that the reading for today on the last Sunday of the church year comes from the book of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament. Again, if I asked my confirmation students how many books are in the Old Testament, they would tell you 39. And the way they always remember that is there's three letters in word old and there's nine letters in the word testament. So there's 39 books in the Old Testament. Anyway, the Old Testament with Malachi is the end of the prophets. For 400 years, there would be no more prophets. Again, it was God's last word to Israel before the fulfillment of His greatest promise. The next time God comes to us, He will come in person. He will come as the Word in the flesh. We know it as the birth of Jesus. Next week is Advent, as we prepare our hearts and minds for His coming. So really think about the book of Malachi as sort of a bridge. It's a bridge not only between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but it's a bridge between literally the end of one year and the beginning of another one. And just like the children of Israel of old waited, how much time was there between the end of Malachi and the beginning of the New Testament? 400 some years. The people waited I'm sure some of them grew impatient and thought that God would never keep His promise. So it is that we wait and we wonder, when will Christ return again? Many are tempted to throw God under the bus to speak harsh words against God. Even when Jesus did come, did that stop the people? God fulfilled His promise. Did that stop the people from speaking harsh words against the Son of God? No. Throughout Jesus' ministry, the critics spoke harsh words. Think about that birth of Jesus. you got King Herod. I'm the king. I'm the king of the Jews. Not some pretender. Not only that, but think about the Pharisees. They spoke constantly harsh words against Jesus. But the reading that Pastor Don read from the Gospel lesson shows us the ultimate harsh words spoken on Good Friday. The crowds gathered around Jesus as, they, as He hung on the cross. They mocked Him. They sneered at Him. They yelled, crucify Him. The very One who came to seek and to save them. They yelled, come down from the cross. Save Yourself. And save us while you're at it. And did Jesus respond to them with harsh words? No. He responded with soft words. And with 
greater words when he said what? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, there on the cross, God kept his promise. On the cross, at the empty tomb, Christ kept his promise. He lived, he died, and he rose again for us. And it is because of Jesus' sacrificial death. It is because of his perfect life. It is because of his powerful resurrection that he now makes you and me his treasured possessions. Again, take a look at the last verse of today's text, chapter 3, verse 17. Jesus says, They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In that day, I will make them my treasured possession. The irony of what God has done is this. You know, man will do whatever it can to spare the life of their sons and their daughters. But God would not spare the life of His only begotten Son. It is important to remind ourselves of the heart of the Gospel on this, the last Sunday of the church year. The word spare means to have compassion. He did not spare His only Son. God made Him who didn't know any sin to be sin for us. Even when we forget He remembers us. By His Word, He spared you. He has compassion on you by declaring to you again this day that your sins have been forgiven. Wiped clean, washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. In your baptism, He remembers you as He brings you into a connection, an eternal connection with Himself. In a few minutes, we're going to be celebrating the meal of remembrance. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples? Do this in remembrance of me. He remembers his word and his promise as he reaches down and he touches our lips and he reminds us that we are his treasured possessions. You know, the prophet Malachi, he was one of those law gospel type preachers. He could have been a good Lutheran. Malachi, he does not overlook the people's sin. God does not overlook the people's sin. You read through the rest of Malachi, it's a relatively short book. You'll see in there that God condemned mixed marriages between believers and unbelievers, between believers and those who worship false gods and collected all kinds of idols. He even got on the case of the priest the priests were divorcing their wives and they were marrying younger women. And not only that, but the priests were on the take and they were offering tainted sacrifices. God didn't call the people just to go through the motions of religion. He called them to repent of their sin and to put their trust in Him. And He empowered them by the Holy Spirit to love Him and others with all sincerity. Through the prophet Malachi, God promised a new age. A new age would come when all of creation would be restored again. So the bottom line for us today is this. Whatever circumstance you find yourself in, whatever you've got on your plate today, remember this. You are God's treasured possession. 
And don't let the devil tell you otherwise. As God's treasured possessions live in His promises, you know what He has done for you in the past. And you know what He will promise to do for you in the future. There is absolutely no need, there is absolutely no reason for us to speak harsh words against our God. But rather we are to thank the Lord and to sing His praise. One last thing. You know, we're always talking about the meaning of words. Last week you talked about veterans, right? There's a whole bunch of veterans here today, veterans of the Christian faith. And we come together today to praise God. You know where the word praise comes from? The the word praise comes from the idea of price. When people would speak of something that belonged to them, they would speak of it in terms of value or price. Again, when we sing praises to God, we're speaking about how He is priceless. He is worthy of our praise. What could be more worthy than singing His praises and thanking Him for what He has done for us? So that's the good word for today. As we come to the close of one church year, and as we look with great anticipation uh, to His coming again. In His name we ask it. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You again this day that You are our King. God bless us, everyone. And, and You say to us, that's what Tiny Tim said, God bless us, everyone. And You say, I have blessed You. I will bless You. I will continue to bless You. And You point us to the cross. And You point us to the empty tomb as evidence of how you have blessed us and will continue to be with us for all eternity. We thank you for this year that has come to an end with the readings, with the messages that we've heard. And we pray, Lord, your blessings upon our new church here, here at Christ our King. We pray, Lord, that you would embolden us with your Spirit to be about spreading the Word and carrying the freight. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. We stand as we confess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day He rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And He will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead 
and the life of the world to come. Amen.